love that. Sitting here in the tent, listening to the creek in the background, the wood stove crackling in the Yukon. It doesn't get a lot better than that. <laughs> We're day four here on our Yukon trip, and I'm here with Alex Nadeau. And uh, you guys heard Alex last week uh, talking about his successful dull sheep hunt. Um, he alluded to glassing. So this week, what I wanted to talk to Alex about was how we're doing so far on our hunt. Um, we've already had some success. Um, and I also wanted to pick your brains about, you know, your attitude in the field and how it relates to staying patient and, and how it relates to glassing animals, because that's been our predominant activity mm -hmm. so far getting up into places where animals live uh, and then spending hour after hour after hour looking for them because they're not always obvious. So let's talk about that. All right. So Alex, we're here uh, in the Yukon. We're way back country and I mean way back country um, on an old mining road. We're camped down here in the valley um, and Talk to me about what happened, I guess, on our first day. Just tell me the story about our first day. Our first it was half eventful. day almost. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, we got here, got camp set up. You know, I'm losing track of time, but it was midday, I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We rolled in here at like noon or whatever. Yeah. And then we had to set everything up. Yeah. And so by the time we actually headed out, we were just going to go for a quote-unquote a quick rip, right? Because... Like yeah, I we're said, on was, quads. Yeah. And, you know, we're traveling these mining roads to get to access the high country. Yeah, that's right. right. We're so, surrounded by mountains that are in the 8,000 foot range, I want to say, because we were at 6,000 the other day. Yeah, I'm not sure if any touch eight, to be honest. Not like, quite. I think Ketza Peak here, which is the tallest peak, is probably only seven something. Oh, really? Roughly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we were almost at the top of a lot of these peaks. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. Okay. And anyways. Yeah. So tell us what happened that first day. Uh, yeah. So we went out for an afternoon ride. Um, we were going to go check out one trail, see where it led. And uh, it brought us into like some super high country where we found evidence of uh, caribou, which yeah, we was found cool. some signs, some caribou yeah. droppings and caribou uh, droppings. where they'd been feeding. Yeah, yep. yeah, so that was that was cool. And never mind, yeah, we just seen like really awesome country. And uh, the day got away on us a little bit, I guess. Hey, it started to get fairly late out there. And uh, my mom and my wife were quite excited to come back for their happy hour drinks <laughs> <laughs> like they were definitely sending off the vibe that they wanted to go home right and so and it was cold and so we picked up on it we're just like all right let's go home it was 7 30 i want to say when we were heading off the mountain and and hitting the main uh the main road back to camp yeah and it gets dark at what uh nine i want to say yeah i want to say yeah nine is probably pretty accurate yeah. and so we are ripping down the main road at this point and uh, I'm leading the pack, I think I was. And all of a sudden... No, I, I was. You were. But when we saw the tracks, I was going to allude to the tracks. Like, So I think John or I, or we were both together, but we both like slammed on the brakes all of a sudden. And boom, on the road, there was fresh, like very fresh moose tracks. Mm -hmm. That weren't there when we had driven past. That weren't there the when we'd time. driven past, yeah. So it was interesting. And he was heading down valley, kind of in a sense towards our camp. 
So anyway, we looked at the tracks. We're like, oh yeah, cool moose tracks. They didn't look like massive bull tracks for some reason, which we still don't really know if our bull even made those tracks, right? I, you and I, I kind of don't not know. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. We no, got no. a little bit excited. We're yeah. like, oh sweet, there's stuff there's moving. Yeah. And so um, I'm going to stop you right here, yeah. though, because there's two things that are important about this. That road that's running down the valley, you said before we even got here, like that, this valley that we're in yeah. is extremely huntable. And I remember you saying, I would not be surprised if we shot a moose out of this valley. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, when we saw the moose tracks, I mean, we see tracks all the time that mm-hmm. are fresh. Um, so, you know, you get interested but having said that, I'd pulled ahead of you on the mining road, yeah. on the quad, and I was scanning the road for bears. So my focus was bear. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so tell us what happened. Yeah, um, my wife was sitting behind me on the quad, and after we'd seen the tracks, I told her, I was like, hey, like, pay pay attention. Because, I, like, I mean, I'm driving, so I, of course, I look lots, but I'm also paying attention to the road. Yeah, so. you're looking everywhere all around yeah. you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, man, we're ripping down the road and uh she smacks me all of a sudden in the back and she's just like there's a mouse <laughs> it was fucking hilarious um so like i just like breaks pop my head up and i as i pop my head up i instantly caught it in the corner of my eye seeing where she was talking he was down on the left hand side down by the creek so this road the road is 150 yards up from the creek uh it's bushy ish right it's open yeah yeah but it's definitely there's some open patches and he's just he just so happened to be walking on the far side of the creek Mm -hmm. on an open ish area so that like instantly like seriously all hell broke loose like it was chaos right like i jump off the quad well i was ahead of you and then i just kept checking back and then all of a sudden I saw Sav, like, sort of, not panicking, that gives the wrong, but she's, like, excited, Excited, and you're looking, and you slam on the brakes, and I slam on the brakes, and I'm like, what are you looking at? Clearly, you had seen something. Yeah. So I just literally jumped off the quad, grabbed my camera, and was trying to get over your shoulder. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, like, I got my rifle out, like, I had it on me, so I took it, like, I got it off my shoulders, off my back, I guess. Loaded it, took my my uh, scope covers off, which was that I think that's still the funniest little piece that happened because I took these little plastic covers off my scope and I in in the panic in the whatever just spiked them on the ground. I threw them on the ground and I instantly looked back at my wife and was just like, "Oh, can you pick those up?" And it was just like, and she didn't like it wasn't mean or anything. It was quite hilarious. It was just like me not thinking quite straight, right? It was just a little bit of chaos. And then, yeah, I grabbed my shooting sticks, got my binos out, and tried range ranged them quick so I, I would know what kind of shooting range I was at. And, yeah, arranged them at 150. But he was, he wasn't running away. He hadn't even heard us. He no. was just, but he was, like, kind of like a man on a mission. He was walking very steadily, like, quickly. And I knew that there was just, like, a fraction of time and space left in front of him to get a he, shot off or else he'd yeah. disappear like he was disappearing and appearing and disappearing and appearing behind willows yep. and spruces on the far side of that stream and we I, were i tried calling bushy in front of to us him, too um to get him to stop he couldn't even hear or if he did hear he didn't care because that stream was rushing it was pretty loud yeah and, yeah and he was walking through and, he, and this was a big bull like yeah i could see him and i was like whoa that's a big bull 
Um, certainly by my standards, at least anyways. Um, and so, yeah, you just kept repositioning yourself. Like mm -hmm. you had lined up on him. And then before you could shoot, boom, he's he's behind cover or, yeah, it yeah. was really tough. It was, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just, and then all of a sudden I just, I looked quickly down the road yeah, and he, there was a wide, like a good wide opening for us, like no willows off the road. And I just like, I picked up everything and just booked it down there. Um, yeah, in hopes that I would have an open shot. So I set up, as soon as I got down there, I set up and I, he, man, he got, he honestly got in like a, a, such a small frame of opening actually that when I shot into his lungs, his head was already covered in willows. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, it was such a quick, quick decision. Shot. I hope the you footage I mean? like, turns out because I was behind you running the yeah. camera. And um, so obviously we'll show the hunt itself uh, on YouTube, John Schneider's Wildlife. Um, but I'm, I'll post the actual shot video um, on the website. So yeah. I'll let everybody know where that is when it comes up. But it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could hear the bullet hit and you just, yeah, you knew right away that you would hit him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty confident on my shot. I, for some reason, I thought I went maybe a little high. Mm -hmm. You said that right away. But with our angle, because we should mention we were shooting down at him, right? We were above him, I don't know, 100 feet at least. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, shooting down at him. Like When we opened him up, I mean, we were I was bullseye in the lungs. Mm -hmm. And so he actually didn't Center. go very far. He took off when I shot, but he, we found him. Within twenty yards of the shot, yeah, I, I think? think he was said he forty, piled, and that's probably yeah, about right. Forty, yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he went. He headed into the bush. Well, and, I saw uh, him go down. Yeah, I was still watching, and yeah. I saw him, you know, fall to the ground, and then I saw him thrashing a bit. Yeah. So we gave him like a good five minutes, hey, before you and I headed down there. Yeah, it seemed fast, but you know, usually you would just wait, right? Yeah, I always yeah. recommend young hunters like you make the shot, just wait thirty yeah. minutes, yeah. even right. But I don't know. We just felt confident. I think that, yeah, I think we felt some confidence. I'd yeah, seen him definitely. Go down yeah, and... yeah. You were pretty sure. You were like, I seen thrashing and then yep. down, and so yep. it's like, and, yeah, we and felt we good. Made sure that he had not come out anywhere else. That's right. You know, we could see. Yeah, he hadn't gone up the slope, and he hadn't continued past that those trees that he was in down the stream. So we, we from knew what he we was could see, anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. John and I headed down down there uh, to go confirm the kill i suppose you could say and uh yeah we found him and man like so we were so amped and it was a big bull like even by my that's my biggest bull actually it turned out to be like a 55 inch wide bull and mm -hmm. yeah beautiful like palmated he was paddles and so light there'll be lots of pictures up on my instagram account account about yeah. that so so it was awesome man we walked up to him and like i yeah like i do my thing i just i thanked them and i admired them and yeah it was super cool it was neat. super cool yeah and then we got to work so i actually didn't get a lot of footage because it was getting late and yeah. dark and you know i guess part of me too was a little worried because um you know not knowing the bear situation around here mm -hmm. which it turns out that there's no fear whatsoever but i know that in bc you know my buddy mark is telling me stories of you know when a shot rings out in bc that's the dinner bell mm -hmm. and the bears come 
running almost, right? So, yeah, we were just kind of focused to get him processed right away yeah. because you alluded to it earlier is that you are meat hunting. You're grocery shopping here. That's right. And um, so when that mindset occurs, the only thing that matters really is the meat. Yeah. Yeah. So we just got to work. We were skinning him within yep. minutes. You yeah, know? that's right. Like, I'll bet you not even 10 or 15 minutes had gone by before we started skinning got to him. Work, and yeah. got, you know, we well, actually we wanted to, yeah, get the meat cooling down. Yep. And, and then, like, like we said, right, I think there's a picture on my phone of just me like admiring the uh the yeah, we snapped there. a few pictures yeah. and that's at eight fifteen p.m so yeah. you and i both knew it's just like it's going to be dark like within the hour yeah. and so yeah let's get to it like, we were able to drive the quads right down and the side by side right yeah, down which to was where he pretty fell. awesome so we had headlights we all had lamps and then yeah three knives just got to work yeah two hours yeah all said and done he yeah. was packed up ready to go yeah we didn't got him we just took the uh, we quartered him we skinned him him on one side took the hind off the loin uh got the ribs off with a hatchet the front shoulder um the neck mm-hmm. all on one side yeah um and then just rolled him over and did the other side and it worked out slick yeah 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 no it was um yeah. that's the same technique we use on bison actually sure because yeah. they're just so big yeah i mean you can't flop them you can't put them on their back to gut them like no. there's no i mean Believe it or not, yeah, like bison guts, like I'm not, I'm not even strong enough to pull them out. Right. So there's just so much there. There's so much there, especially when they're full of grass. So we don't yeah. even, yeah, we don't even bother with them. Like leave them yeah. where they are. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then we reached in, grabbed the tenderloins, you know, just mm-hmm. from the outside. Yeah. So yeah, that worked out really well. And we were back at camp by I think it was about ten thirty. I yeah. think. Yeah. 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 Um, and we had the meat in game bags. We just situated it in the back of the truck so they were apart from each other yeah. and spread out as much as we could it's what's the temperature here was, overnight yeah it was nice that that night it hit minus one actually okay on our uh, we have little thermometers on our campers yeah. there um and then yeah describe you know the next morning what was your priority the next morning well, my yeah, I wanted to build a nice meat rack, meat poles, um, so we could hang it properly. Like we, like we just said, that was our first half day here on a nine day hunt. I think it is. So, yeah, we I knew it was important to hang that meat because we were going to be here a while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got to work building a meat pole, which was so fun. Yeah, I got a lot of that footage up, and uh, I'll show everybody the finished meat pole. It was super like, simple. Yeah, and it's like super skookum built and yeah. like high, right? Like yeah. these these quarters are probably like, you know, from hoof to end, probably almost like four feet. Yeah, I would and say so. and they're easily like more. three four feet off the ground right now, yeah. like most of them. And yeah. so yeah, the meat pole's super high, super skookum. I built it big enough too, so if we harvest more, that we could uh, just hang more meat right from the same pole. So. Yeah, so it's been sitting there, you know, uh, aging for the last four days. Yeah, and just it's, perfect it's so nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've been lucky with the weather, right? Like yeah, it's it gets down highs. to one, two, four degrees overnight, yeah. and yeah. even the days haven't reached double digits. Not no. even close. No. So yesterday, yeah, yesterday it had a high of eight there, peak afternoon, and and it was yeah. still blowing. It was still windy, so I bet you it felt like three. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Good story about the moose good first day of our hunt mm-hmm. we're on day four now we have not seen anything since um but you just got to keep going so i want to talk to you a little bit about 
you know, your attitude when you're in the field. Um, you are one of the most positive people I've ever met while hunting. It's taken me a while to get to that stage too. Um, and I almost describe it as, well, I've alluded to it several times where every day, you can call it failing. It's not failing because you're in a beautiful place. You're mm. enjoying scenery that nobody else really gets to enjoy. You're in these like just spectacular places, which I'll show everybody. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard to call it failing, but from a hunting standpoint, you're failing. And, uh, I just look at it as, you know, well, every day of failure is one day closer to success. So I don't really worry about it too much. And the lows of hunting, uh, mean that you'll have highs with hunting. If every yeah, day oh, yeah. was filled with game and crushing it, then you wouldn't even know what to be excited about. No, after a while, you get right? numb to it. So maybe describe your thought process when it comes to this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, are you dejected that we haven't seen anything in uh, no, you know, not three at all. Days? No, yeah. not at all. Why? So, what do you, how do you train yourself to think differently about that? Um, yeah, I get. You know what? I guess like it all starts with like my attitude towards it all. Like I, uh, yeah, to me, I love hunting for the adventure. As I've told you before, I I don't come out here with this craving to kill. Like I'm I'm just not a psychotic killer i am an adventurer like so every day that i do get to come out here and hunt to me is is a win right like i i love spending time out in nature i love looking for game i love finding game and even when you don't find it like so what mm -hmm. like what'd you do today well quadded through the mountains okay like that's awesome <laughs> you yeah, know right. or hike through the mountains so anyway so that i think it all starts there and then, I don't know, man, like, I'm, like, superstitious about my attitude. Um, I find if I were out here thinking nonstop, like, I, you and I have talked about manifestation lots and how much I do it and how mm -hmm. much I believe in it. If I was out here consistently thinking, like, ugh, we're not going to see anything, we're not seeing anything, well, we probably wouldn't see anything, and I would deserve it. Like, you know what I mean? That's how I think. So, no, I, uh, you know, I go into it, and I'm just like, yeah, we're going to find it. When? I don't know. We're going to find it though. Like, mm -hmm. so I keep my, yeah, I keep my head up that way and I keep my positive thoughts that way. And like I said, it all starts with just being like stoked to be out here. That's what it's all about is just getting out there. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so. Very well said. Yeah. That's it, man. Like it's that simple actually. Just the joy of yeah. being alive. Don't, don't center, this. don't center the adventure on the kill and then yeah. you're going to be quite happy. Yeah, absolutely. The kill is just like bonus. Like now we get to eat good meat. Yeah, which, which we have. We have. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some great meals every Can day. Can you name a few? Like, yeah. the, people are going to be interested, man, because, like, yeah, we ate stuff that I've never even done with moose, which is sweet. All right. What was your favorite that we've done so far? Uh, the mushroom stroganoff. Oh, yeah, we did a stroganoff. So we minced yeah. some brisket, I want to say. It was brisket. And so the texture of that was spectacular. Yeah. So Sav went to work just mincing we don't have a hand grinder or anything like that so we were mincing just hand mincing with the chef's knife uh a good chunk of meat and we had uh i had cooked something earlier in the day what did i cook before that we made the base with the bacon wrapped tenderloin oh that's right we had yeah. bacon wrapped tenderloin for lunch <laughs> so i deglazed the pan from lunch and that was the base for the mushroom mm -hmm. sauce and then yeah i just made a mushroom gravy 
to go over some noodles uh, oh, yeah. with that ground meat. It was spectacular. It was phenomenal. I think I had three helpings. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, bacon wrapped uh, tenderloin, which we mentioned. And then last night we had bought a package of a locally produced um, uh, curry mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre ready to go kind of thing. Yeah, Super it was just cool. a mix of curry spices. And I'd made, uh, you know, a nice curry cream sauce. So we had braised. Again, we had that big chunk of brisket, which was just huge, like one part of the brisket has fed five of us uh, two meals. Yeah, and, we, and there's still I don't even some. I think eh? we've gone yeah. over through half of it. Um, so, yeah, we made uh, a curry. So I braised the brisket <coughs> for quite some time. And then in the curry mix, or in the curry spices, actually, and then made, uh, you know, a curry sauce out of that with some cream and... Oof, it was good. Put mm-hmm. that over rice. It was really good. So as far as camp meals go, we've been living large. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And how convenient to get meat on the very first day. Right. So now, yeah, now we're going to eat cool, good Every meals day. the whole time. Yeah, I've actually got an idea to do a rolled uh, ri- uh, roast, a stuffed rolled roast loin. Yeah, loin uh, roast. over the campfire, um, you know, a la ficelle and... We'll figure that out. Nice. You pronounced that perfectly. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) We're missing the string, but we'll figure it out. We have a plan. So again, you'll have to just stay tuned on uh, the YouTube channel, John Schneider's Wildlife. We'll show you exactly how we go about that. That's that would make a pretty cool how-to. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely. Big time. Um, Okay. So here's the last thing I want to talk to you about for this episode, which is the art of glassing, Mm. because you told the story last week about your successful sheep hunt and I'm sure your other hunts have been the same where you're just spending hours glassing. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like what's your strategy for glassing to stay able to do it? Because frankly, if you're just sitting there staring through glass for six hours and you're cold and wet and hungry and miserable, you're probably not going to want to do it, right? No, that's right. Um, You know, Yeah, there's there's quite a lot, there's a lot to it, I guess, a lot that I think about when I More set it up. More than people realize, yeah. right? Um, definitely. So try and set yourself up to be as comfortable as you can be in that scenario, I would say, because if you're not, you're like, I mean, yeah, you're not going to want to stick around. So I always try and get comfortable and that might not be like super duper comfortable, but it's relative. Be as comfortable as you can be in that situation. So have a chair. Uh, have lots of layers on, have something you can lean on. Well, describe that chair because, I mean, that just sounds ridiculous that you're going to bring a chair up into a mountaintop. So describe the chair. You're actually sitting on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like one of those super lightweight Helinox chairs or whatever. And we actually just recently started packing those up on cheap hunts. They weigh a pound. And uh, to us, that pound has become prioritized. Like we, we want to bring it not only actually for glassing, but... Uh, this the past couple of years have just gotten so wet while we're out sheep hunting mm-hmm. like we, we're getting more precipitation in the north I guess mm-hmm. is what I should say and so think about like a seven day sheep hunt where every minute you're spending sitting you're sitting on wet ground mm-hmm. that gets very old dude like it's so uncomfortable and it's hard right like I'm me and my dad are both not very flexible dudes so sitting on the ground we get like our legs go numb and fall asleep and so like I said talk about the comfort make yourself more comfortable and you'll be a lot more patient I'm wanting to uh, 
I'm gravitating more towards getting into yoga for exactly yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I want to get started with yoga and get going with it because I think that would really help in a lot of these scenarios. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so you got your chair. Yeah. We're doing some yoga, so we're a little more flexible. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we doing? Yeah, stay warm, try and stay warm, right? Like layer up completely before you sit down to glass. Like even if you show up and you just hiked and you're hot, perfect. Slap everything on, maintain that heat. Don't wait till you're cold to put on the extra layer. Like I'll, when I stop to glass, it's instantly, everything goes on. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you want to stay warm and then, and then it's like, glassing effectively describe your layers though because there are new hunters that listen to the show all the time so describe your layers i know that i was wearing five layers Mm -hmm. yesterday when we were up top yeah we are up above tree line and it's blowing snow and we were all relatively comfortable right yeah yeah i mean i'll break mine down real quick i do like i have a thick base layer right now actually i think it's t-max which uh I don't ever wear if I'm going to hike because it's stinky and you get so sweaty in it. If I'm going to hike, I do merino wool, right? Because mm-hmm. it wicks away the moisture. That's and what it, I'm using yeah, right now, yeah. Kills it kills body scent too, I find. You can go mm-hmm. like five days in the same suit and it won't really stink as bad as mm-hmm. like a normal whatever. Um, so yeah, I had my base I had my base layer. And then over top of that, I had a hoodie. Like a, just a nice thick hoodie. Over top of that, I had a down-filled vest, right? To keep that because all your heat comes from your core, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to keep that core hot. So yeah, a down a down vest, and then I had a uh, fleece-lined jacket over top of that. That's a windbreaker at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then over top of that, I had my uh, rain suit. And so the rain suit, yeah, kept the rain out, helped with the wind. And then, yeah, I managed to stay, like, relatively warm. And that's another thing, too, like, that I always say is I've learned to be... To, I've learned to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like yeah. it's okay to be uncomfortable yeah. actually. And if you learn to embrace it, you'll be quite content out in the bush, no matter what you encounter. Well, describe that a little bit. What do you mean embrace uncomfortable? How do you, again, your mindset is amazing about that. I know what you're talking about. Cause I kind of do the same thing. It's yeah. almost for me, like a sense of pride, like it's enjoying being in control yeah of my body yeah, and my that's mind just it. I sometimes think, it's hard like, sure yeah you know where you're like oh this is not comfortable yeah yeah i'm yeah, not no, having fun right now yeah i try yeah I, I i honestly don't tell myself those words very often ever to mm-hmm. be honest with you i've learned to like i said I, I actually i learned this from a colleague when i worked at fisheries like we were by a campfire on the lubog actually um and she she was wearing sandals and it was like cold, man. I was all layered up and bolted up and I was kind of thinking, I was just like, oh my God, I'd like, I'm kind of cold, like this sucks. And I was like, how are your feet warm? And she was just like, oh, they're not. Mm. I was like, okay, like why, what, what? And this, this lady was extreme, dude. She was so cool. She went on all these crazy adventures. Like she got flown into like this Who glacier. Uh, her name was Jaylene Gertz, Gertz. She still works there actually. But anyway, yeah, she like this one adventure she told me about, like she, got, they got flown into this glacier, hiked across this glacier with a pack raft and like camp and everything, hiked across this glacier, made it to where the glacier turns into a river, starts flowing out and, uh, hiked down it until it was like with enough water, blew up the pack rafts and then like floated down into I don't know where they floated down to and got picked back up from. And it was just like uncharted class four, class five, like rapids. Like <laughs> it was just, yeah, she just like did these intense adventures badass. all the time. Super badass. So 
back to being by the campfire, she was like, yeah, no, they're not. And I was just like, oh, well, why don't you bundle up? And she was just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just very comfortable being uncomfortable, I guess. And I think she had developed that mindset because of the shit she does. Like, and I, and the minute she said that changed me, I was just like, yeah, there's the answer because you're always going to be uncomfortable ish in nature. Like, cause there's no way to bundle enough and there's no way to just like pack a lazy boy with you to be comfortable. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to learn that. I'm going to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And so that's where, uh, that'll pay off again. It's a mindset thing, dude. It's all a mindset. Everything's a mindset. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, your mom said that to me. So it's funny that you tell that story because we were here in camp and I was wearing sandals and she was like, how do you, are, how are you wearing sandals? Like, yeah. are you cold? And I was like, yeah. 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 A little cold. Yeah, I'm comfortable. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So the art of glassing, do you do anything as far? Oh, we were talking about hydration. Yeah. And how important that is. Yeah. How you hard know, it is when it's cold. Again, yesterday it is hard. So I failed a little bit here yeah. with that because yesterday I had a huge cramp start up. Oh yeah. Here in camp, like, because you're it's cold and wet and so you don't think to drink mm-hmm. anything right and, and like I, your cold water is just not that appealing like you have a sip and you're like no yeah. thanks yeah so give us some tips and tricks there that you've used in the past um yeah like basically all i do actually is just warm up water yeah but you were telling me about that uh, the meal yeah, yeah i was gonna say like of course drinking warm water is not that appealing but uh whenever i'm out hunting i'll have meal sport and that's you know that squeeze bottle of flavor juice basically but they've come out with one that's packed full of electrolytes and so i think that like we bring it sheep hunting all the time and we've actually passed since we started using that and fine-tune our diet we never get cramps anymore and we're like exerting ourselves every day so it's pretty amazing so what I'll do is just, yeah, I'll, I'll just boil water in my uh, my jet boil and then uh, do a couple squirts of that meal. And it kind of turns out like it tastes kind of like I use the orange stuff and it tastes like hot tang. Like I'm sure a lot of the nice. listeners have had hot tang. Um, and yeah, it's just yummy. And so and the water being warm not only warms you up you and it tastes good. So you do you want to drink it. And yeah. so you end up hydrating full of electrolytes and you I avoid would all that. Tea would be nice too. You know, yeah, like we'll do tea at night usually in, tea or yeah, like that. in the tent before going to bed. Yeah. Fill up on some tea. Yeah. I'm not a big tea drinker during the day, I guess, is the biggest yeah, thing. I but anything say I am either, but just something with some flavor that makes you want to drink that's is it, a good that's thing. just it, yeah. Yeah, make it fun. Yeah. Make it so you want it. And especially when you're cold, like, yeah, heat up that water if you can. I mean, you should always have a way to heat up water. Like, that's kind of basic. One of the tips I would have about along this whole line of stuff is bring a creature comfort that you wouldn't normally think of. And it could be a bar of chocolate. It could be mm-hmm. um, a book. It could be, mu- well, not music, but you know what I mean? Something that you wouldn't. Like, I would suggest for people getting started in this type of hunting that you bring something that can pass some time or give you some joy. Yeah, yeah. Big when time. you're being uncomfortable. Yeah. So, you know, it's one thing to enjoy being uncomfortable, but I'm assuming there's a limit to that, right? Mm. There will be a limit to your mind's ability to enjoy being uncomfortable. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not for you. Maybe you've mastered it completely. But for me, it's like there is a limit. Yeah, yeah. So I find that just that one thing, yeah, 
whatever it might be. And you were describing that to me. Tell us what you were bringing, what you brought with you on your sheep hunt. Um, I brought, yeah, I brought little chocolate bars this year on a sheep hunt. Well, you also, I was talking about the Kindle. Oh, the Kindle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I figured if we're going to glass for hours and hours to not get bored, just read. Like, it's so, especially if you like reading, like, and it's pretty cool being in the mountains. I'm reading Lord of the Rings right now, right? So it's just like, yeah, it's just so soothing to just be reading Lord of the Rings in the mountains. Like, it's, you just feel like a little hobbit out there just walking (laughs) around. I've been getting that feeling a a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, the Kindle's the Kindle's a great one to pass time. It's not really like like my joy fill probably, but it's just mm. to pass time. But yeah, like chocolate, like when you're when I'm cold and I want to cheer up a little bit, absolutely, dude. I have a bite of chocolate. It's amazing. Yeah, it just creates that mindset that can get you over into oh, yeah. that next hour. Yeah, you're convincing right? yourself. You're like, I'm having fun. This is awesome. And the one thing about hunting that I'll keep reminding people is that it can happen any second. Yeah. You could be spending days or weeks or hours looking for something and not seeing it. And you just have to keep reminding yourself that at any second now, that animal can appear. And that's what gets me, that's what keeps me jacked about this all the time. It's like, I've experienced it too many times. It's that next cast or the next time you glass up that ridge, boom, there's an animal. Like, so... Oh, and it's like, that's the best feeling in the world, man, right? It's just, it's addictive, I think. Yeah. It has to be. That Absolutely. feeling is addictive. It's just like, yeah, when we see Spotted That Moose, it's just like, oh my God, here we go. Like, yeah, yeah it's exhilarating. But yeah, spending lots of time behind the glass is the, the, the key, man. Like, you got, let them move, you know? Yeah. Then you can spot them. Because when they're bedded down in thick brush, you could walk right by them. You wouldn't even know, like... Like I always say, man, they're there. We just got to find them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of which, let's go do that. We're going to eat some quick lunch here in camp, and then we're going to spend the rest of the day. It's like noon, I think, right now, and we're going to, yeah. maybe not even. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're just going to go, gonna up go high in glass. Yeah. And we're going to find something. Let's go enjoy being uncomfortable for several hours tonight. <laughs> yep. I'm in, man. Yeah.